Good evening, Sports Zonians. <coughs> Damn. How's everybody doing out there tonight? I am Mike Agliolaro. I am your host. This is Sports Zone. Recording with you live like we do each and every week here via the I-95 Sports and Entertainment Radio Network. We got a good show for you tonight. Of course, we are rebroadcast and redistributed on all our various podcasting outlets. So we thank you for joining us no matter how you join us, whether it's Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Anchor, Bullhorn. Thank you for being with us here today. And we got a good show for you tonight. We will be joined by Eric Tressler and Dave Hastings, Matter of Moments. Uh, I do believe we're going to get Eric Pfeiffer uh, once again for the bulk of the show. And then uh, his uh, his buddy uh, Shmel Rose is going to come on uh, for the picks. So I do believe that's going to happen. And we got a lot to talk about tonight. We do might talk a little baseball, might talk a little basketball, the whole Ben Simmons nonsense. But of course, uh, we will be reviewing week three in the NFL season. So with that being said, Dave Hastings is here tonight. Dave, how you doing? Doing all right, Mike. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm about the same. Yeah, I'm about, I'm about the same there. Well, it's good to have you here, buddy. So let's get started with a couple things uh, before uh, the Eric's come on. Of course, Tressler and Pfeiffer. Um, so the Cowboys actually didn't blow it last night, to say the least. The Cowboys actually, like, won by a large margin. Yeah, as I say, they didn't blow it. You know me and no superlatives, Dave. We go with they didn't blow it. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I, if it makes you feel any better, this third time in a row that Dallas beating Philly at home by 20 points. Here's the thing so. that's surprising. Yeah, I mean, here's the surprising thing. Like, obviously, Jalen Hurts, first full year as a starter, you knew there was going to be growing pains. They made him look horrible last night. Yeah, I, I think Trayvon Diggs going up, up against his old teammates in Hurts uh, mm. and Smith. I think he uh, he went into that game to to send a message, and I, I think uh, message sent. He sent one hell of a message. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was listen one way or another. It was good to see me and my little superstitions aside here. It was very nice to see the Cowboys come out. That was a statement game. It's early in the season, but listen, NFC least last season, right? So it was good to see them make the statement that they made. Um, I was just surprised that Philly went out the way they did. Like obviously they put the points on the board late in the game because it was garbage time and everything, but. You know, and I I know you have opinions about the call that maybe we got a little lucky on. I was working at the time, so I did not get to see that call. You know the one I'm talking about, though. I'm, I'll let you talk about it a little bit because I know you had some thoughts on that. Uh, oh, the only one I had an issue with, uh, we didn't get lucky on. Eagles got lucky, in my in my opinion. The Dak had a quarterback sneak on fourth and one. The above camera angle shows the ball blatantly breaking the plane. But the angles from the side, you can't see at all. And they can't confirm or guarantee that the camera above head is is directly over the line. So it could be a, it's hard. You can't tell if you're watching it from a specific angle that favors one team or the other. So they can't mm. use that view to confirm a call. And you couldn't tell from the left or right. 
And so they, they, the ruling on the field was no touchdown. So they over, they kept, kept the rules standing. Like mm. I said, I, I, I believe it was a touchdown. I think he should have been given the touchdown, but simultaneously, I get why they could, didn't overturn it. If I had a problem with anything in the game, I don't like that McCarthy held on to two timeouts when Philly was third and 26 from their own 24, 24 yard line, right? With like a minute 20 left, like the way the offense was moving the ball, like, why wouldn't you want to get the ball back and, and basically try to put the game away before halftime even gets here? That's so fair. Three, game, three games in a row, he's had issues, with, or he, it, from the outside looking in, he's made mistakes with his clock management. Mm. And when you're a head coach, like that's really kind of your job. You're not you're not calling the offense. You're not calling the defense. You have your coordinators making those calls. I mean, I know there's some coaches like Sean McVay. Like he calls the call. He's the offensive coordinator and head coach. He has an offensive coordinator. It's just he calls the plays. In. Like McCarthy doesn't do that. So, and he's well, been a head coach for a very long time. Like obviously we know his Green Bay history and everything. So the idea that he's having problems with clock management it's a little insane. Well, yeah, and his after-game press conference was, well, with the lead we had, we wanted to be conservative. We weren't sure if Philly would go for it on fourth down if they gained enough yards. And I'm, and I'm just like, I, it, like, that's his justification. They wanted to be conservative because Philly received the second-half kick. So they didn't want Philly to drive down, put points up, and then get the ball to start the second half and, you know, have the momentum to swing back to them. So, look, when it's all said and done, uh, like – they won the game and that's what obviously is going to matter the most but that is something to me that if uh if it continues is good could really hurt them down the stretch when they're playing tight games Mm. yeah very true very true um we'll move on here i want i want to bring up something real quick before everybody else comes on so my ag's aggravation last week as i said last week first time i'm looking at the schedule so i picked Pittsburgh uh, to beat Cincinnati and you pointed out what are you doing if I'm in a survivor league I'm going to pick a better game Dave I I give you credit like don't get me wrong Jacksonville scared me for like half a second god damn you were right about picking Arizona on that one let me tell you yeah I I just Pittsburgh isn't the the team they used to be and and Cincinnati's a team that is getting more and more confident in the ta- mm-hmm. young talent that they have, and they know if Burrow stays healthy, they have they have what looks to be the a potential you know franchise quarterback. Uh, and you know when you got players on the team that believe in them, it, it's amazing how well the rest of the team plays. Um, and I, I think you, you watch Pittsburgh, and uh, I think Big Ben may. Uh, it may have been time before this year started. I don't think him playing, uh, I don't think he makes the team that much better. Um, I mean, I do think he's the best option they have on that roster, which I understand, but yeah. uh, I mean, I just, I, I don't think that, I think we're watching one of those players that should have retired sooner. I I agree with our, both points. They don't have a better option. And as much as I love Ben and everything, Ben's a warrior and the whole thing. Yeah, he's he's not the Ben he used to be. Definitely not. So, and we all know the one the one opponent that always wins is Father Time. 
Mm -hmm. At some point or another, Father Time's going to get the W and, and you're not. And mm -hmm. that goes for athletes and non-athletes. And we, we all got to punch that card at some point. That is fair. That is very fair. All right. Um, so, obviously, we're going to save some of the giant stuff for when uh, Eric gets here, even though I will point out. And actually, I'll let him start this because I'm sure we're going to be talking a lot about what happened in the giant game. They lost to the Atlanta Falcons. Um, they are now 0-3 on the season. The calls for Gettleman's head are there. And, you know, as has been pointed out, I think we all kind of gave Joe Judge the benefit of the doubt here. Um, it looked like he was saying and doing the right things, but this is this is a make or, or break it season, not only for the GM, but for the head coach as well. With that, I know he's here. Eric Pfeiffer, how you doing? Hey, what's up, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right, man. I'm all right. I'm here with Dave. Uh, up, Eric. Hey, what's up, Dave? How are you? Always better when I hear that voice. <laughs> oh man, that makes me feel so special. Mm. Yeah, your 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 uh, uh, family member just doesn't have that the same uh, same sound to it. Mm. Yeah, he wasn't raised properly. He doesn't know how to be polite. Um, you know, it's just. Degenerate. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> I'll tell you, I tell you this. I will say this. I like both you individuals. And I think it sucks y'all can't get along a little better there. We need some mediation. We need we need some counseling for you guys so we can get y'all on the same page. But you know, that that we'll talk about that later. Anyway, so yes, all all of us with the exception of Eric picked the Giants to win this week. We thought they had to get a win here. And Atlanta's been struggling pretty hard coming into this game here. And final score, Atlanta 17, Giants 14. So, Fife, I'll let you take it away. I'll let you start this one. Well, actually, you started because a certain someone is about to come in the chat room. So let me give him the introduction here. Eric Tressler is here tonight. Eric, how you doing? He's here. I know the microphone says he's on. Eric, how you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. We're doing good. We actually, this got timed perfectly because we're about to talk Giants and Falcons. That game, I know you and Fife both have a lot to say about it. I was going to give Fife the first word I'll on that. What you say. I'll be honest. I'm gonna, I'll, give, I'll give you all the words. They suck. They fucking suck. Right now, they fucking suck. And by the okay. way, I believe I was the only one of the four of us that did not pick the Giants last week. I literally I just said that. I, I just said that. That's actually how he. That's actually how he basically introduced you, Eric. Was the <laughs> fact that you picked the you were the only one to pick Atlanta to win. That is that is correct. Yes. Garbage. Five. Go ahead. Yep. Uh, okay. So we got that from Eric. Go ahead, Five. Not garbage, man. There's nothing else to say. It sucks because you know you see a guy like. Again, uh, you know, probably wasn't the right place to draft Daniel Jones and all that crap. We go over that a million times, but at least the guy's got grit and he's out there. He's running into 300 pound linemen trying to put his shoulder down to get touchdowns and not fumbling the ball that time, you know. And you feel for the guy, but they, they're horrible. The whole team is, is a dumpster fire. Um, it sucks that, you know, again, I've always 
<coughs> excuse me, sorry. I've always loved Giants ownership. Um, you know, I thought that there's always been a great connection between the fans and the owners and to hear, you know, Mr. Mara get booed like that during a, something that's supposed to be a celebration for Eli. Uh, it's just like disheartening. And, um, you know, I saw that list, I think that Eric had put in our group text about the draft picks and the guys they signed. You look at a guy like Kyle Rudolph for $6 million a year and it's a cap filler. And it's just like, there's nothing more disheartening as a fan than to see your team just filling, giving contracts to fill cap space because you know that they don't really know what they're doing. They're, you know, uh, I don't know. What else can you say? It's horrible, and it's going to be bad for a long time. To you come. can say fire Gettleman. You can say a lot of things. And what I will say, though, is I thought the Giant fan base was at least classy in the way they booed Mara because they didn't turn the whole Eli celebration into a big shit show. I think the Eli thing was nice. I think him walking out with the lineman was nice. I think, like, you know, he kept it short and sweet, you know, was, was uh, you know. I think it was nice overall, the ceremony. But I think the point got across to ownership without it turning into just being about that. And I will say that about that halftime ceremony. Well, and John Mayer himself said that the fans have every right to boo uh, because – they haven't put a good product on the field in a long time. So he said that afterwards, you know, and <laughs> and I get it. It's just, it's disheartening because it's something that like, I don't know, you did the, the Giants fans that I can remember never booed his father. Or, it's just, you know, it's just not something that generally happens with at least this organization. I've always liked the fact that we've had good, uh, reliable, respectable owners for a long time. And uh, so it's just, it's tough to see breaks my heart a little bit but hopefully uh it opens his eyes and maybe we get rid of this guy finally like you said their dude their best lineman showed up the last week of preseason this guy's been fixing the offensive line since 2018 uh, what the fuck pardon my bad language uh, it they, the, the language the language is necessary right now because they suck they're terrible they're awful they're no good and they have the worst record in football at, I believe it's 18 and 49 over that stretch. It is, it is atrocious. It's the worst stretch of giant football and giant history. And I got to say that it's unfortunate that, you know, the one thing I will say is I'm at least old enough, thankfully that I can remember watching them in a whole bunch of championships and at least seeing a couple of Super Bowls and, yeah, I know I'm just holding on to nostalgia, and that was 10-plus years ago since their last one. But at the same time, like, I, that's the only thing I got left to hold on to right now because this team sucks. Like, can, I, feel like, you, I feel like a Cowboy fan, you know, looking back on the good old days. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, like, it's really all we got right now. It's, it's, it's what we you got. know, we I just – I We were good ones. I, I just that. want to point out – I just want to point out – we talked about all the segues I make into the stuff that I like to bring up and how I did it very smoothly last week. A Eric, that was that was very smooth. The the way you threw a subtle shot at the Cowboys there on that segue, that was pretty good. I can give you that one. Well, listen, you can sum up Dave Gettleman's term with this right here. Mike, uh, I'm sorry, Blake Martinez went down, tore his ACL. He's out for the season. You could have Micah Parsons right there, ready to go. A guy, and they don't, right? And then, so now you had two wide receivers go down last game. Your number 20 overall draft pick had two catches. 
that pretty much sums it up right there. I mean, you got this if guy get- at number twenty because he's a playmaker, right? So you threw to the ball, you threw the ball to him twice in a row to get him involved because he pitched last week, and then that's it. And two guys go down. Here's his chance. Where is he? Nowhere to be seen. You guys got to get rid of Garrett. That's the one. Though I mean, since he's taken but over, who are you promoting? Freddie Kitchens. I mean, come on! This this whole staff is littered with garbage, hot garbage. I, I, I mean, grab, if you could sum up, if you could sum up Gettleman guy, in one word, it's hog mollies. If grab you could sum up Gettleman in one word, it's hog mollies because he is nothing but a big old hog molly himself, and he needs to run himself right on out of this pig pen and into another one. I'm at it. I'm done with him. <laughs> hog molly sounds like his name for ecstasy if we're being honest it doesn't sound like anything that's actually translated to anything he said it because it sounded like a good thing but you know that when he said it he's just he's just taking another hit of the molly hey there you go so but i you know fife i want to say something to you because you bring up the, the michael parsons thing I know when they drafted, and I don't remember his name, the second-round guy they got out of Georgia, I believe he was a linebacker. What the hell ever happened to him? Aziz Ojuari, he's the first giant to have uh, a sack in each of his first three games. So, I mean, he's doing all right. Imagine if you had Micah Parsons and Aziz. Mm. As a, I, I just feel like Especially with the Martinez injury. Uh, to top it all off. And that's what I'm saying, Dave. Like, you know, I don't want to say it again, but, like, Two receivers go down. That's when it's time for this kid to shine, and he's nowhere to be found. It's, it, that sums it all up, dude. He missed. He missed again, and he missed again, and he missed again. He should have been gone a year ago, at least. Yeah. And then uh, Garrett. Fuck Garrett. Fuck him, too, and his clapping and his call-me-coach bullshit. Get the fuck out of here. He sucks. Kitchen sucks. They all need to go. Get them all out of town. I'm done with all of them. Well, listen, I mean, we kind of said this about Garrett when he got hired as offensive coordinator. It makes no sense if you're trying to start over because that's what they were trying to do after they fired uh, McAdoo or whatever the hell. So you bring in, or not McAdoo, uh, because what? Zimmer. No, no. I, I don't even remember. You, you all know who that is. Shermer. There you go. Shermer. All right. Fire him, you're going to start over again, and you bring in a retread who wasn't really successful as the head coach of your division rival. And we all know Garrett was bland. He was the definition of vanilla and every other bland type of synonym there is, and you bring in him to to try to start the offense, and we all knew that wasn't going to work. just wasn't going to work. So here we are. Do you guys have a because we're kind of saying all we need to say about this? Do you guys have anything else you want to throw in here? Nothing. I'm good. Oh, okay, everybody's good. All right. Well, I tell you the one thing the Giants got going for them, and that is, hey, at least you guys aren't the Jets. At least you guys yeah, aren't the Jets. No better. We're no better. We're, we're, we're <laughs> same. We are. Yeah, we are. Just in blue. We're, we're actually worse. We're actually, in my opinion, we're worse. What? Because I don't, just, I don't think I'd go that far, but uh, yeah, you're, I mean, you're right? You're you might be one A to that, them being number one, or you might be one B to their one A. But if you, know, you want, at least they got a rookie quarterback to make an excuse about. They got we got more that they can make excuses about than the Giants do, in my opinion. 
That's well, a that, sorry I, that I won't argue with. Yeah, and that's a sorry state of things if you're looking at things from a perspective <coughs> of, well, they have more things they can excuse away of why they suck. So, <coughs> yeah, okay. All right, well, you should get a drink of water. And yeah, I do. I got my soda in the, right in here. The meantime, in the meantime, I mean, to anybody else, I mean, I, I don't know how we don't bring up a couple things. One, I want to know... Just your guys' opinion, what was the better play from the weekend? Was it the 66-yard game winner, or was it the 109-yard return for a touchdown? I'll let you. I'm going with the 109. I I don't know how you do that. 66. No one's even done close. No one's even done 64. It should never have been kicked. It Why? should never have been kicked. That that was a blatant delay game penalty that should have been called on Baltimore, and it wasn't. Oh, I think I heard something about that one. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about on that. But, I mean, listen, you can't – I mean, bad calls, unfortunately, are part of sports. Like, we can knock it to death but in everything, but, you know, they didn't overturn it. He still had it, to so. make a 66-yarder, though. He still had to make – have the leg, have the distance, have the accuracy to put a 66-yarder through. And an interesting stat about Tucker, which I'm pretty sure we all knew. I mean, he got the easy most accurate kicker in, in football history, in yeah. NFL history. But on top of that, in the last minute of games, he is 16 for 16. He has never missed a kick in the last minute of a football game mm. in the NFL. I wanted to. That's insane. That is insane. I wanted to ask a question here, and it sounds even me saying this. I know I say some things. You guys look at me and you say that's ridiculous. I, I know this is going to sound ridiculous. Justin Tucker, we all know he's probably the best kicker of today. Maybe one of the best kickers we've seen in a long time. We know kickers are disposable, given everything we know. Given everything we know, Justin Tucker is an awesome kicker. So I don't care what he's going to say there. But it doesn't doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter because Justin Tucker is going to go up there as probably one of the top one, two, three kickers of all time with Adam Vinatieri or, uh, you know, I'm trying to think, who else would you put up there? I mean, I I, I don't know. It's a pretty short list for kicker, in my opinion, well, I let me say this. I got I, apparently I got cut off here. Oh yeah, so, you got oh, cut we, off. Yeah, right we know. Right before you yeah. asked what you were going to ask. Did you know what I was going to ask though? No, no, no idea. So I kind of guessed at it. Well, I mean, you were close. I was going to ask if he was a first ballot Hall of Famer. He he's a Hall of Famer. I don't know if you're going to call him first ballot because I don't know if any kicker should really be a. But then again, mm-hmm. I don't really give a shit either because it's a whole the very good and they all get in anyway. So yeah. That's not entirely true. It's pretty much true. There, there's like a rule. They have to induct like five or six players a year. It's ridiculous. Yeah, but that doesn't mean everybody gets in, though. Everybody gets in eventually. If, as long as you wait long enough, you'll get in. There's not even 500 Hall of Famers, though. So get it. the good one, like I said, the whole, the very good. There are there should there are five hundred. I can't name five hundred NFLers off the top of my head. There are five hundred guys who belong in the Hall of Fame, probably. I'll be honest with you. I think a lot of names there probably I've, we've never even heard of. Probably more than fifty percent of them. 
Yeah, but what does that mean? Just because we never heard of them doesn't mean that they don't belong there. What what makes them belong there? The Hall of Fame should mean you were famous. Fame. Fame is in the title. But you got to remember, if you're talking about guys from the beginning of the league, it was a different level of fame back then. Whereas the guys, they weren't getting paid enough salary. They had to take freaking part-time jobs in the offseason. So what does that mean? Uh, listen, if they weren't a part of those, those Green Bay Packers teams that won all those championships or whatever else, if you're a member of early Lions teams that got your spacious smushed in all, all every week, I, I don't care if you're in the Hall of Fame or not. And nobody does. Nor should you even really be there. Just because you played 10 years in the league and you were whatever else, like, and you had like two Pro Bowls, you belong. No, it doesn't mean you belong. That doesn't mean you were excellent. So I'm sorry. I, I just don't believe that. So, but do I believe Justin Tucker will get into the Hall of Fame to bring it back to more current topic that we're talking yeah. about? Yes, I think <laughs> he'll get in. Do I give a shit if, he, if it's first ballot or not? No. Do I think he deserves first ballot as far as kickers go? Sure. He, I can't name five kickers that are going to make it over him. Like, I can't name five. But, I, again, I don't know who's going to be in his Hall of Fame class to know if he'd be one of the top five or six to actually be a first ballot. But what I'm saying is eventually he's going to be on a ballot and he'll be there. Fair enough. Dave, what do you say? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if he'd be a first ballot, but, like, I don't know how many first ballot kickers there really are. So... <laughs> I mean, look, when it's I, all said and done, George like Blanda, I said, he, I don't he's, know. A, he's, a, he's a Hall of Famer. Like, Vinatieri, Hall of Famer. Like, I think even a guy like Crosby in Green Bay is going to get his due in the Hall of Fame one, at one point. Like, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it's fair to assume he'll get there. I just uh, I don't know if I'd say he'd be a first ballot or not. Really, would mm. like, I think Eric said it perfectly. It really would depend on who else is part of his draft class. Hmm. Well, I mean, I'm sure the part that I got cut off on was I was saying I knew this was a ridiculous question because did saying it, I didn't know the validity because we, we are talking about a kicker and we do talk about how disposable they are a lot of the time. But, um, I mean, he's got as good of a case as anyone. Fife, what do you say? I mean, I don't know. I think uh, he's going to have to go make some big kicks and some playoff games to come still. Too, you know, I'm glad you kicked the 66 yarder. I'm sure that ball is going to be in the Hall of Fame, but he's a kicker, and it takes a lot more than just being accurate. He's I think got, he's got a ring, though. Yeah, he he's got a ring, but I think he's going to have to. With Lamar Jackson and this Baltimore team, they have potential. Um, I think if they can go on a deep playoff run and he can get another one, then absolutely. Uh, but I think it's a question, uh, not as first ballot. At all, not a kicker. But as far as the Hall of Fame is concerned, I mean, I don't put a, a kicker in there guaranteed every time. And I'd also, for the first question from Eric, I would have to go with the kick return myself uh, just because, again, uh, kick's a kick. I mean, I know it was 66 yards, real cool and dramatic the way it all happened. You couldn't write it any better, but uh, 109-yard return is, uh, I mean, it's something you don't see every day either. So I, I always give the athletic – uh, the more athletic players, a little more uh, weight in those situations, I guess you could say. Mm. All right. So let's move on here. A couple other notes from week three. You know, they, they've taken advantage of some mishaps that other teams have, other teams not being as good as we thought they were. Who the hell ever would have thought that we'd be looking at the standings through three weeks Chiefs are one and two. 
and the Raiders and the Broncos are three and L. Broncos have had an advantage because they've taken on the Jets and the Giants. The and Raiders the Jaguars and the Jaguars. So, I mean, they're they're three and is a pretty fugazi three and zero. Like it's not, I, yeah. it's not a real yeah. three three and zero. Yeah, but the Raiders at three and zero. They've taken advantage of some teams going through some things. They've caught some teams at the right time. What was it? Raiders, uh, Ravens, Steelers, and I can't remember who the other team was. Do do we think that's Fugazi or not? I think I overall the, the averages will average out, and I think they'll fall back to where they belong. Mm. Dave? Yeah, I don't think they're 3-0 as Fugazi. Um, I think they're a team that if they can stay healthy – and uh, Max Crosby keeps playing the way he's playing. Um, that that is a team that you know could be is going to be fighting for that division title at the end of the year. I just think, like uh, the one thing I do agree that Eric said is things will average out, and that means Kansas City still is going to end up with double digit wins. So sure, sure. the Raiders are going to have to you know keep up with that pace. But Seattle was the other team, or no, not Seattle, the Dolphins, Dolphins. The Dolphins, and that went to overtime and came down to a, a kick at the end. But mm. Baltimore game, they won in overtime, beating Pittsburgh. I mean, look, we look at Pittsburgh. I mean, I think all of us don't ex- don't see Pittsburgh making the playoffs. Like Tomlin might have his first year of not finishing at five hundred or better. Like this could be the year because that team is just void of talent. When you got T.J. Watt injured and Big Ben playing the way he's playing. I mean, we definitely didn't think it in the in uh, the preseason because I'm pretty sure I picked them to win the division again. So there's that. But, I mean, listen, the way the Bengals look right now, the way the Browns look right now, the way the Ravens look right now, even though Ravens, to me, they got to step up a little bit because B- Bengals got the young talent. The Browns have the roster that should be – the runaway favorite in the division, but because it's the Browns, I can't look at them as the runaway favorites. So the Ravens got some work to do there, but yeah, this is going to be a tough road to hold for the Steelers there. Yeah, I don't see it happening. Mm. Fife, what do you say? I think uh, the whole leveling out thing makes a lot, you know, that's where we're at with the NFL right now because as Eric pointed out all through preseason as well as these guys weren't getting their preseason reps. They're starting to catch up on the amount of reps they would have had um, through training camp, through preseason games uh, now. So I think you're going to see – I just feel like the first three weeks have been a little bit sloppy as far as football is concerned. Like you watch the red zone, just a lot of sloppy plays. I think guys are – defenses are going to start playing a little bit better. Um, and you're just going to see things, like you guys said, level out. And you're going to see these guys, they got their reps, their game shape's coming back. Um, I know that they did a lot of joint, a lot more joint team things in training camp this year than normal, but it still doesn't add up to game speed and game reps. So I think that they're just all starting to catch up now. And, uh, you know, you saw the Titans had a late start, took them a game and a half to get going. Some guys are taking a little bit longer. Some guys come out of the gates with a good game plan and uh, get a few good wins. But, you know, it's just, it's everything. The football is going to clean up soon and everything's going to look a lot better. And the landscape's going to change a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree with the leveling leveling out part. I definitely do. Um, but let's move on here. One other thing I want to bring up here. Um, I'm not going to call it a, uh, an outright shock, but I think one of the bigger surprises coming out of this week, 
the Matt Stafford-led Rams defeat Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, score of 34-24. <clears throat> now, you could say this is a fluke, and I'm cool with you calling it a fluke because I'm sure the next time these guys play, Tampa Bay would win the game. But do we think the Rams are legitimate now? You know, we've talked about that Stafford trade, Stafford for Goff. They got the talent. They trade away every first-round pick they have for, you know, within two or three years. They assemble the talent. They still have one of the, arguably the best defensive players in football and Aaron Donald. Stafford is playing well. And yes, we all know where I stand on Stafford, so I ain't going to bring that one up. But this is a big win for the Rams here over a Tampa Bay team that I believe someone thought was going to go 17-0. <laughs> uh, they they breached the contract. Now, what do you mean by that breach the contract? So you know when we do things here, like when on Sports Zone, right? When we pick yes. um, things, we stick behind it, right? So yes, absolutely. Because I, picked, because I I picked them to go undefeated, I saw myself as under contract uh, to pick <laughs> them in every game they were brought up in picks. But now that mm. they have breached the contract, I can uh, I can change that up a little bit. That's fair. That's, what I That's fair. Yes, I, I agree with that. But what were you guys? I, 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 this is a confidence builder. This is a, this is a confidence builder for the Rams. What it is? Has this is a win that they can look at and they can say, "Okay, we can compete with the big boys. We can compete and win a title. Let's go. Let let let's have a season." This is something they can build on. This is something they can go for uh, like forward with. That's why it meant so much to them. For for the Bucks, it's a disappointment. Yeah. But if nothing else, it's going to be 10 times the motivation for Brady to go in and kick ass this week and absolutely destroy the Patriots up yeah. in up in Boston. So he's going to he, he's got some extra motivation. I 100 percent expect that team to bounce back. They're way too talented. And let's be honest, on a neutral field at a neutral time, like I don't know if that outcome's still the same. So. Um, you know, going out west, it does change things sometimes, just like sure. it does for the teams that come out west. They gotta go all the way east too. So, um, I look at it as it's it's a really good win for the Rams, but I don't knock it too much for uh for the Bucks. And you know, I think it's something the Rams can use to try to try to win that NFC West. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if the Rams can keep the momentum going forward. You know, excuse me. Talked about Stafford a couple weeks ago, and you guys said, yeah, he could do good if he stays away from the Matt Stafford-like mistakes. Through three weeks, he hasn't exactly done that. I don't know. He's got a chance to put together a really special season here. We're going to see if he's going to do that. And, yes, again, you all know where I stand on that, so I'm not going to not gonna beat that dead horse to death. Um. Keep going here. The Sunday night game, Green whoa, Bay. Whoa, whoa, what? Oh, really quick. I, I mean, I personally thought that was a huge win for the Rams, and I think. Oh, Rams, I'm sorry. We left you out. Oh, Dave, I apologize. You didn't bring in me we or the other. Wait, we didn't leave him out. You left him out. I <laughs> uh, yeah. I we dude, didn't I, do that. I'm allowed a brain fart every now and then. I'm sorry, Dave. <laughs> Me and Fife were sitting here like, do we get to talk about what was the hardest game to pick uh, last week or what? <laughs> you, you go ahead, Dave. Go ahead, Dave. I I'm apologize. Job, I, I know. I no know. Um, 
No, for real, like, <laughs> I, I, honestly, I think uh, that win for me just as after three weeks, let me make sure that's clearly stated. I think after three weeks, the Rams are the best team in the NFC West. Um, but the problem with that team is they are not good at running the ball. And if they don't run the ball as the, you know, you play outdoors and the weather is getting colder and you play against a team that has a good secondary, you got to keep in mind, the Bucks are missing three of their top six defensive backs and safeties. Like they are beat up in the secondary right now. Bad. They got the injury started before they played Dallas in week one. They got lost another guy in week one. They lost another guy to begin the game against the Rams. So I, I think Eric said it perfectly. This is a game that should be a huge momentum builder for the Rams and the game that for Tampa Bay is really just like, a, okay, well, now we got some bad film on tape. Like, let's get better. So I, I don't think – I think, like Eric said, if it's on a neutral field and, and you know, both teams have adequate time to, you know, prepare for the game, I, I think you'd end up probably seeing a different result. But – Either way, I think the Rams, after three weeks, it, with that win, really show that they're probably the best team right now in the NFC West. Mm. All right, so I left somebody else out too. Fife, you want to throw in? I think watching this game in particular really um, made that trade make sense for me more for the Rams. Um, I, I think um, to start the game, Stafford starts out 1-11. One, one and 11. And you're thinking, okay, it's what everybody said. It's, it's the same offense, just with Matt Stafford making the same mistakes <laughs> Goff made. Um, and then also, as far as Jared Goff goes, like it's natural to watch the both of them go this year and see what happens with the both of them. And Goff's shown some nice things. But one of the things about Goff that going into this week was that he's really good against cover zero. The Ravens play a lot of cover zero. And as you can see, he didn't have a big week. Some were saying he was a sneaky DFS play for daily fantasy type stuff. Um, and he didn't have that type of week people were expecting. And then Matt Stafford starts the game out in, in, uh, for Los Angeles. Starts out 1-11, bounces back, has a great game. Um, so I think it shows uh, why the Rams made that trade. I think it shows that Stafford is able to make adjustments off of his mistakes um, and not make the same mistakes over and over and over again in the same game, whereas maybe Goff sort of fell into that where that first year kind of surprised everybody. Goff had that great first, second year with the Rams and then sort of fell off maybe because he was just making the same mistakes over and over again, and McVay got sick of it, and they shipped him out. Um, so I think that this weekend really made that trade make a lot of sense to me as far as the Rams are concerned. Yeah, and I think it's you know we we've called Goff and Stafford very similar quarterbacks. Maybe called Goff a, a younger version of Stafford in a way on that one, but I think it's the difference between experience in the league. Whereas Stafford has been on these bad Lions teams, and you know there's been times he obviously did not help that one along. He comes to a team in the Rams who has you know a ready-made competitive team. And through three games, he's kind of, from what I've seen, he kind of looks like a missing piece. And then Goff goes to the Lions, oh. the team. I said through three games. Oh. Calm down. I said through three games. Calm I down. I mean, let's be honest with ourselves right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold everybody's feet to the fire here real quick. Through three games, I don't care what anybody says. Even through three games, I do not think this team is a team that is a real threat to win a Super Bowl. I don't see them as a team that's going to win the Super Bowl this year. 
Well, I don't care if it's a hot take or not, but I just thought like that. Yes, it's a really good win. Yes, I think they can build. Yes, I think they can win the AFC West. Yes, I think they can be a playoff team. Maybe they can make a deep playoff run, but when it comes to actually winning the championship, I do not think this team can do it. I do not think a Matthew Stafford-led team will ever win a Super Bowl. I'm not going to be as dramatic as you just put it, but I will say I'm not there on the Super Bowl train just yet. I'm just saying through three games, he's looked to be the piece that that team needed. Whether or not he could take him to a needed Super Bowl, that's... Then? If you're not talking about a Super Bowl, then what are you talking about? Then what's he a piece to? What's, that, what's he the key to? What's he the missing link to? To if get back. Well, for me, for right, for right now, it's to get back to being competitive, which they haven't really been in the last couple of years, in my opinion, on that one. You got a heavily contested NFC West every year, and he's been able to bring them back to respectability. Whether or not he takes them to a Super Bowl, listen, that's what that's what the playoffs are for. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jump in here. Yeah, I can say that. Thank you, Dave. Go ahead. Uh, Like I said, I think uh, after three weeks, they look like the best team in the NFC West, and I think the NFC West is arguably the best division in football. With those things put together, it makes me think that they can compete for a Super Bowl. There you go. Okay. Five, what you got? Like I said, after three weeks, the trade is starting to make more sense to me. I'm not going to go ahead and, and crown them Super Bowl champs. Do I think they can compete for one? Absolutely. Uh, do I think that Stafford is better than what he showed in Detroit? I think so. And from everything you hear about from football people, the guy can do everything. It's just going to come down to his decision-making in the big moment. So, um We'll Let me see ask you guys on this, since you won't go, since none of you guys will go as bold as me, will will you go out on a limb, any of you? I mean, is it really say, bold to say that one on, out of thirty-two that, teams won't win a Super Bowl? How fucking bold no, is that? No, but listen, listen. That, I'm I, I agree with five. Even if you don't want to say that, even if you don't want to say that, do you think there's any point in time in the future? Doesn't have to be this season, but any season in which you see Matthew Stafford hoisting the Lombardi Trophy. Is there any season that you could picture in your head? Anyone? I can't. I can't. Here's what I'm going to say. This is probably his best season to do it, and if he don't do it this season, Eric, you you probably right on that one. Dave? Yeah, I mean, I would say this team as a whole with their salary cap situation and everything else, they probably only have a two- or three-year window. Uh, with this year being one of those two or three years. So, yeah, I, I – do I think it's going to happen? No. Fife? Dude, I'm never going to say that a guy's not – like, I, I can't sit here and tell you that this guy's <laughs> definitely not win the Super Bowl. All I'm going to say is Trent fucking Dilfer. Good point. Good point. Let's move on here. Let's uh, let's talk about the Sunday night game real quick, the Green Bay-San Francisco game. Very close game. I do feel the need to point out, it doesn't look like Rodgers is completely done yet, though. So let's start there. Dave, let's start with you. Oh, I mean, you could tell by him watching the uh, last-second field goal to win the game how much he's invested and how much he cares about winning. So, I mean, I think uh, saying that he's he's not quite done yet is fair. Um, I think it is nauseating, especially as a Cowboys fan, to be reminded of the fact that 
Aaron Rodgers is one of maybe three quarterbacks in this league that you literally cannot give him any time on the clock. Mm. Uh, if you want to walk away with a win. Um, I mean, it's literally nauseating to think about how good he is with basically no timeouts and a minute left on the clock and being able to drive down and score a touchdown or get in field goal range for the winning field. It's, it's just nauseating as a Cowboys fan. Um, but look, if I'm San Francisco, um, all things considered, I'm not losing my shit or burning everything down that I lost this game. I'm pretty pissed. I lost this game because they were, they really seemed to be the better team early in the game. Uh, I think they were up what the, or no, it was a green Bay that went up early. I can't even remember. Um, but like I, all in all, I found them. I'm not, you know, burning the the house down right now. I'm, but I am pretty pissed. I lost this game. Green Bay was up. Looks like seventeen to seven at one point. Yeah, seven. It was seventeen nothing. San Francisco the touchdown late in the first half and fought back. But yeah, I mean, all things considered, uh, uh, again, they they fought. They 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 competed, but. I, I'm still pretty pissed that uh, we lost this game. If I'm a, if I'm a Niners fan, that's for sure. Eric, what do you say? Um, good win for Rogers. Definitely don't think he's done. And even if he is done, even if you have Rogers at seventy five percent of what he used to be, it's still better than ninety five percent of the quarterbacks in the league. So. Yeah, he's still going to have some magic. Yeah, you don't want to leave time on the clock because he's a competitor. And, yeah, he's not going to go out and purposely lose games. He wants to win. If you're going to give him a chance to win, he's going to go out and try to win. Um, and 37 seconds is too much time to leave him. It's almost laughable. It's stupid. Like, it's just too much time. Um, so, yeah, I uh, it, it was kind of like watching the Giant game. Like, you can't, like, you can't leave him with time. You leave him with stupid. You, you leave it. You, you, give it you give him the game. I don't know. So I, that's what I feel. It was a good win for the Packers. Um, San Fran is who I expect them to be a good team, but not a great team. And uh, I don't know. I think a year is gonna. It's gonna be an interesting year for that AFC or uh, for the NFC West. Um, yeah. So I mean, I don't know. Good game. Entertaining. I'll take it. Uh, especially you know when you can get a game like that. You know, in prime time. Hmm. All right, I'm about ready to go to picks, but I want to know, does anybody else have anything from week three they want to throw in? Oh, my God. How do we not talk about that Eli Payton broadcast? That, that, that is gold. That is, that is absolute gold. I got to be honest, outside of red zone, like, that's the best way to watch football because I really feel like they. I'm sitting down in their living room, like, watching watching the game with them. And, I mean, Eli is ribbing uh, Payton a lot of the time, and it's just – and I mean, come on! When he's when he when he's busting out the Shakira moves there, it's, it's and busting out that Dak pregame warm up, that was, was entertaining stuff. I got to tell you, the stuff that the, the interviews they do, I enjoy them. I know it's a little choppy. I know it's not like the most professional, but to be honest, it's a lot like doing this show, in my opinion. Like we're just like kind of blurt things out, you just kind of talk. You kind of talk sports, talk about this, talk about that. They're breaking down plays, and when they are breaking down plays, they are literally breaking down plays. Like they, like they are going as in depth as any fan could ever want them to be. You know, they and they're and they're two great football minds, and a lot of times they're bringing on other people who have great minds as well. Like last night, they they're bringing on LeBron. They had LeBron breaking down plays and stuff, which I thought was a little interesting. 
you know, um, they had uh, Nick Saban on. They had like, they, you know, they have entertaining guys on Chris Long at the end of the game. And like, you know, they have good guests. It's a great broadcast. And I got to be honest, it's, it's becoming a, a fun watch for Monday night. It's a little sad that they're not going to be back to week seven. And at week seven and eight, they'll be back for those two weeks. Um, so I don't know if you guys have been able to see any of those Eli Payton broadcasts. But they are a delight. Well, the hips don't lie video that I saw, that was, that was pretty funny. That was pretty funny. I'll give you that. Eli definitely seems like he's come out of his shell. Because he always kind of seemed like an introvert to me when he was when he was in the NFL. And the fact that he's coming out like this, I, that's pretty cool to say. I'll give you that. Dave, what do you say? I mean, the clips I've seen have been great, but I haven't actually uh... – watched any uh watched any of the weeks they've done so i can't say i've watched it from beginning to end but i've seen some of the clips on on, uh social media and that shit's been more than entertaining five i find myself um watching peyton and eli and whoever they're interviewing more than the game sometimes like i have to catch myself and look back at the football game but uh I mean, I guess Eli Manning's the only guy in the country who can flip off the entire nation and become more lovable for it. You know, double birds right to the whole country on live TV. And people are just loving it. One guy said uh, Eli Manning's a walking meme and a national treasure at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) He is, but he was telling a story about what? The Philly fans, right? (laughs) A nine-year-old. He was saying, because Long came on and he he was talking about how um, when he first time he ran out into the field, a nine-year-old was giving him the double bird. (laughs) He just lost track of his hands, you know, typical Eli. And <laughs> he's probably told the story like a hundred times, you know. So when he tells the story on like the radio or something, it doesn't matter. But on live TV it does. Nice. But everybody, you know, most people will be crucified for it. Everybody loves him. Ah, it's just Eli. <laughs> nice. All right. Anything else anybody wants to throw in? Uh, I'm going to be interested to hear their broadcast because they're doing the giant chiefs game week eight. And I think that'll be interesting to hear Eli's take on the giants and how they're developing what he's seeing and kind of maybe I'm going to be interested to see if he slips up and gives any of his like real thoughts on the team or or anything else. So I think that'll be an interesting watch. That will be interesting to see if any repressed anger comes out. That will be very interesting to see. I'll give you that. But see, I don't think he has repressed anger. I think Maybe he's works, nothing but happy. He's got two Super Bowls. He's got he, he's in the shrines there forever. The fans love him and adore him. Like, what animosity would Eli possibly have? Like, well, listen. He, Long term, I get what you're saying on that, but it'll just be interesting to see if any heat of the moment feelings come out about the whole benching for Geno Smith, the way he, you know, his last season went. That whole, you know, because we all know the Giants screwed up the way the handoff went to the next generation. Yeah, I could see them maybe making a joke about it, but I don't think they'll slip up and like, you know, be like, oh, those, you know, bastards, you know, do this. Well, well, well what would you... T- a playful joke. 
Well, what were you talking about then in terms of real feelings? Because to me, I hear you say that, and it's kind of the, like they suck now. It'd be interesting to see if he says I that. Wanna, I wanna, like, but I want to hear him say that about the team and break down the team. I don't need him to go into his own personal details about the team, like if that makes sense. I want him to break down this team that's out on the field, not necessarily his personal feelings, if that makes sense, because we, we know he, you know he should feel a little slated, but in the end, he's – one of the greatest, if not, you know, he's right up there. Him and LT, probably the two greatest giants of all time. I'm I'm not going to argue with you on that one. Anybody got anything else they want to throw in on that? I'll put it. I'll put LT slightly ahead because historically, just in the course of NFL history. I mean, I feel like you have to, sick. though. I, I so, don't. Yeah, I feel like so you I'll have go, to. I'll go LT one, Eli two, in my opinion. I don't know how Fife feels about that ranking, but. I'm going to throw my opinion out there. Go ahead. I mean, just for all the years that he put in, I'd have to put Strahan as a close third to Eli, but that's just my I personal I think he's opinion. in third. I'd give you that. I'd give I him listen, third, but I'd give him that... a little closer than maybe some others. Just I know he only had one Super Bowl, but, man, that guy stuck in with the Giants through through thick and thin, and you got to give him credit for that, too. Sure, sure. Oh, no, he was a great. He was a, he was a great. And, listen, he was there – if I'm not mistaken, he only won one title with the Giants. But yes. he was there for two because he was there in 2000, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he was on those fossil teams. Absolutely. Dave, you want to throw anything in? I mean, look, I, I, I think LT is a clear-cut clear one. And all things considered, if you take, take away the two playoff runs that led to Super Bowls, most Giant fans would probably not like Eli Manning. So... Um, <laughs> I loved Eli even coming out of college. But I'll be honest, maybe maybe I was a little biased too because my cousin did go to Ole Miss. So, uh, and she was there at the time he was in school there. I actually have a shirt that has uh, like a saying Ole Miss shirt that about Eli. I forget what it says. Something about the Cotton Bowl. And uh, yeah, no, I'm. Uh, I don't know where I was going. To. You love you loved Eli before he wore a Giants jersey. I love I love Eli. Is really where I'm going. I wore my jersey on Sunday. I got one Eli jersey. I wore it on I wore it on Sunday. I heard Archman going to WVU. Ah, uh, that's rumor. That's rumor. Uh, I listen, just, I heard he that just there joking because was... of McAfee. Or, yeah, uh, I think that that is kind of what that was. But then also too, I did hear. I didn't hear it myself, but I, I read something that. Saban kind of threw a little like, hey, like almost like a recruiting pitch, <laughs> Archer's way. <laughs> <laughs> I think he did last night. Yeah. So you, know, you never know, Archer's Archer's opportunities are wide open. Fair enough. All right, let's get to some picks here. Let's get to some picks. So through three weeks, I did the math. I have our results. So I think Eric, be bringing Saban back on too, though. Sorry, Mike. I know you're doing the picks here, but I was just remembering. I think they said the week that uh, the week that the Tennessee plays Alabama, they're going to try to bring Saban back on. I think. Nice, nice. They're Peyton and Eli. They could literally probably get any guest in the sports world they want to. So, oh, absolutely. I mean, listen, yeah. they pulled LeBron last night. They pulled LeBron and Saban and went in the same night. I'm pretty sure, yeah, they can get just about as, anybody they as, want. Yeah, that's pretty big. 
All right. <laughs> so let's look at the records before we start with this week in picks. Eric went four and two last week. So he is now 10 and nine, and he is in front of everybody by a pretty good size margin, I will say. Dave, Dave and me were tied at the beginning of last week, and uh, we're still tied. We're both six and 13. And coming in third place. Oh, wait a minute. Fife, you have to go get Schmelrose. Fife, you have to get Schmelrose. Yeah, my kid's sleeping, so I can't yell, but let me just. Hey, Larry. 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 He's coming. Uh, get him out of the closet. Yeah. Mm. Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing there, Schmelrose? What's up, Schmel? Uh, <laughs> Would the, the guy have anything bad to say about me or what? I no no no. no you Mike were fine. was much worse. Mike was much worse. I don't know. I don't know what he's talking about. I disavow any knowledge of that situation. But we're going to keep going here. So as I said, Eric's at ten and nine. Me and Dave are tied at six and thirteen through three weeks. Uh, Schmelrose, you know, not as bad as what Fife had tweeted out to you on Twitter early t- earlier today. Uh, still pretty bad, buddy. You're three and sixteen. Yeah, I like to give you guys a head start, you know. You know, Eric can run away with this before week six. Yeah, he really can. <laughs> he four game lead on you and me there, Dave. So yeah, he, he really can. All right, man. So let's start the picks. Schmelrose, introductions. Well, we have to start with Aguilaro's aggravations of the week. So, like I said, I did not pick Pittsburgh to beat Cincinnati in my Survivor League. I did go with Dave's advice. Arizona gave me a little bit of a scare early Why are when I see. Talking you? about your Survivor League, though, that's not why. Because I'm the one who brings it up, and you guys don't bring up your shit. Okay, that's why. So I'm going to keep going with what I was saying. Thank you. Um, so I did actually win there. Um, and that's how I based my pick on, or at least that's how I try to frame my pick. Eric, I don't really make that a secret, so I don't know where the confusion comes in there. But anyway, like I said, like usually when we do these things, this is the first time I'm looking at the schedule. So with that being said, I think the game I'm going to pick, I'm going to go Buffalo over Houston. That'd be my game. And I think I think it's a pretty solid pick, actually. Buffalo over Houston. Houston had the big game week one. You shut the hell up. Houston had the big game week one. This and really, is the easiest game on the schedule. Is there anybody anybody <laughs> out there? Shout it out. Anybody picking the Texans? Anybody nope. out there? Even will you be quiet, please? Will you calm down? It's a pointless pick. It's a survivor league pick. I like pointless picks. Thank you for letting his aggravation, Eric. It's all good, man. Which means, which means, first of all, like this might be a pointless pick, but y'all forgetting there's a very powerful weapon now on Houston's side, and that is that I picked Buffalo. And we all know my luck is shit. All right. So that is a very powerful weapon. Maybe, you know, probably won't lead anywhere, but I still say there's something there. Eric, you. Just fucking make you pick, goddammit. I'm taking Buffalo, too. They're yeah, congratulations. That's great. All right, fine. Yeah, yeah, be quiet. Stupid Dave, be quiet. All right, Dave, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, Mike, you, you don't need to ask me and Eric. We, we, we're all 
or I'm sorry, me and Schmelrose. We're uh, Schmelrose. I'm really sorry. I just called you Eric. I, I really. I don't like to be confused with that guy, Fife, man. It yeah, really, I know. That's really why irks I, me, man. I, I it's, a good, it's a good thing you weren't trying to get confused with me. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you can give me Buffalo, and I'm pretty sure uh, Schmelrose is going to take him too. But I don't want to speak for you, Schmelrose, if you're trying to gain some ground. Uh, cash it in Buffalo Bill. All right. Hey, pain in the ass, Eric. Make you pick next. You're up. Oh, wait a minute. No, I can't. No, I can't. I I went with the heat of the moment there. I apologize. Schmelrose, do the next intro. Well, it's Hastings. Highlight of the week. All right. So last week I told you guys I had two games. Uh, and you allowed me to choose both games. So this week I have like yeah, I you know what? No, I know the main one I want to choose. And I think this one could be fun and, and a hell of a battle. So we have the LA Rams hosting the Arizona Cardinals. Um so both teams undefeated, division rivalry. Rams coming off of a huge win against the Bucks. Uh could potentially have been the biggest game they'll play all year. Uh, could even end up being what they considered their Super Bowl. So maybe they were really hyped for it. I don't know. Um, and then the Cardinals coming off a, a hard-fought win uh, against Jacksonville, uh, a game that they probably shouldn't have actually won. Um, but Jacksonville, like most really bad teams, found a way to lose. So um, with all that said, I think – it, it, this to me is probably going to be the game of the week all, overall. I know everybody's hyped for you know Tampa Bay and Brady returning to Foxborough, but in all honesty, that's going to be an ass whooping, and we all know it. So, um, with all that said, though, I think I am going to take. Give me the Rams. I think they stay hot. Yeah, I mean, like you said, Dave, this this is going to be a pretty good game. And both teams have really been firing on all cylinders last few weeks. I mean, even with what you said about the Cardinals almost blowing the game on that one, they are a team definitely on the come up. We've talked about the Rams here. I want to pick Arizona because I think they have – I feel like the Rams, you kind of know what they are. And Arizona, I feel like, has – a higher ceiling that makes any sense, but I'm going to go. They, they're in Los Angeles for this game. And that's, that's going to be the thing that puts me on the Rams bandwagon. So I'm going to pick the Rams on that one. All right, Eric, go ahead. Rams at home. Staying hot. All right. Schmelrose. Ah, give me the Cardinals, man. I can't go with the flow like that. I got to be the odd man out. He's either going to gain ground or just keep falling down. That's it, baby. And that's what I've been doing. Whenever it's a, if I'm the last guy to go and it's three guys go the one way, other than, you know, Buffalo versus Houston. I got to say, you could have helped me out on that one because I'm taking shit for picking the easy uh, one. In the yeah. game, I, I'm always going to, you know, just add a little controversy because that's what Schmell Rose is all about controversy, man. Mm. Yeah, your timing could have been a little better. You tell you just a, just a smidgen better to help me out on that one, but you know, all right, fine. Speaking hey. of timing, though, I believe it's time for Tressler's toilet bowl of the week. 
And I got to tell you, there's there's just one game I keep coming back to, and it just it's got that it's got that that funk about it that just like you, you don't want to be anywhere near it. You you don't really want to watch it. You don't want to experience it. You, you you might even need a shower after it. And it's it's the Lions at the Bears. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's pretty it's funky. It's the Lions at the Bears. I got to tell you, the Bears absolutely putrid last week on offense. I mean, come on. They were, I mean, almost embarrassing. And the Lions, not a whole lot better. So, yeah, that, all that being said, I honestly got to go with the Lions. I think the Lions get their first win of the season this, this week hmm. on the road. At Soldier Field. Okay, so you got the Lions. And I, I got to be honest, I'm kind of leaning in the same direction because I think the biggest problem is, for whatever reason, Nagy doesn't seem like he's 100% behind his rookie. I I think, and, and I, you know, I told you guys, I listened to part of my take in the morning, yesterday morning. Maybe this is recency bias because I'm listening to that one. But because Big Cat is a Bears fan. And if what he's saying that Nagy just has this overwhelming desire to try to prove everybody wrong and he's going to do what he wants to do because he wants to prove to everybody he's a genius, this kid feels as fucked. Because if you're really trying to come out and act like you can make something of Andy Dalton, when at the very least, like Justin Fields may not be good in his own right. Obviously, one passing yard was the Bears passing attack yes, uh, on Sunday. Because of the long sacks and everything, which I gotta be honest, like I know it's a rule. The idea that if you take a long sack, it negates passing yards. I don't. I, I've never understood the logic of that one, but that's just me. I mean, it should be uh, rushing yards, but it should be rushing yards. Yes, thank you. I agree. Um, but anyway, if that battle is really playing out, Detroit has to win this game. Just because they have to take advantage of the dysfunction here. Otherwise, they're both fucked. So I'm going with Detroit. So. Schmelrose next. Let's go to Schmelrose. Okay. Schmelrose, go ahead. You know, you sat. I really, really, everything in me wants to take the Bears. Uh, it's my brother Gary's favorite team. Um, <laughs> but when I see a clip of Nick Foles, the third quarterback on the sideline, saying, this offense is broken. Um, I can't pick them. Not with a rookie quarterback either. So I'm going to have to go with the Lions too. Uh, I think the Lions, they have Goff. They look better. I think that they're, they're like, you know how Dave said bad teams find a way to lose? Yes. That's where they're at. I think they're on the cusp of finding ways to win. I think the Lions – uh, could surprise us a little bit down the stretch. I'm not saying that they're Super Bowl contenders or anything like that, but um, I think what they're putting together in Detroit right now, um, they have a chance to win some football games, and they're going to win this one this weekend too. At the very least, you feel better about their coaching situation than you do the Bears, and sometimes that's what it takes. It starts with the leadership on that one. So I hear you on that. Dave, you ready? Yeah, no, I, I was ready. I just figured, like Schmaro said, it, he, you know, he wants to go opposite of if all three people pick the same team. 
Oh, I see. Yeah, I, so I, was trying, I was trying to give him a chance not to go last. That's all. There you go. That's very nice. So, on the one hand, you have Detroit, who, as Schmerz just eloquently pointed it out. I mean, I don't know how he heard it because I'm pretty sure I said it when Eric uh, Fife was on the phone. But either way, I, I'm glad to know he was also listening to the show. He puts a cup on the door of the closet. He stays in, so he heard so, that. I, either way, I appreciate you listening when when you're not actually on Schmerz. Thank you. Um, what did you say? What I miss? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll just keep this moving. We'll just keep it moving. We're there good. you go. So I, I want to pick Detroit. And the reason I want to pick Detroit is because if there's one thing, whether you've ever played a down of football in your life or you were just an avid fan, if you say you have three potential starting quarterbacks, it means you do not have a starting quarterback. And Nagy came out today and said that Fields, Dalton, and Foles are all options to start on Sunday for the Bears. It makes it really, really hard not to pick Detroit with that in mind. With all that said, Chicago being home – I just feel like they're go- that's I, that's where they're going to get their win defensively and from behind the home crowd. Uh, big game from David Montgomery, so I am going to go with the Bears. All right, so Dave, the oddball on that one, he's picking Chicago. Um, sound reasoning though. I mean, they still got the big defense and everything. They are at home, so it could happen. We'll see what happens there. Schmelrose, I have to do the introduction. So it is now time for Larry Schmelrose's Shit Show of the Week. All right. So, I mean, it doesn't really get any shittier than this. I mean, cut right to the chase. You guys look at the schedule. You know the shit show. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and pick the Saints over the Giants. There's not really much to be said about it. It's Jameis Winston versus whatever they call a football team in the New York Giants locker room these days. Um, so they could see a lot of turnovers, a lot of fumbles from Daniel Jones, a lot of Jameis Winston throwing weird passes that should be intercepted but then end up being touchdowns. Most of those aren't going to end up being touchdowns. Um, so I think this one's going to – I'm always looking for the game that's going to have the most turnovers. And what I should really do is go back and check and see if I was right after all these, you know. Although I don't think the Giants and Falcons had any turnovers last week. Anyway, that's besides the point. I'm taking the Saints over the Giants. Do you think the Jets have lead the, lead the NFL? I think it's the I'm Jets that sure. lead the NFL. Turnover. I'm not sure, but – I know, know I know Wilson's got seven, seven INTs at least just on his own. That's just I an feel, exception. I feel better making the Giants-Saints a, a shit show game because I feel like if I made it the Titans-Jets, we'd all pick the Titans. So I feel like the Giants give you some some little bit like, you know, you hear, look at all the weapons they have, Saquon Barkley and this guy and that guy, and think of their secondary. So some people might think they'll win. Um, they've broken my spirits completely. They lost to the Atlanta Falcons. And um, who was it? Uh, Dennis Quaid, uh, quarterback. So, yeah, give me the Saints. Dennis Quaid quarterback. Okay. Fair enough. I'll say this, like I I'll pick this game, but it's not a game we would pick as a shit show. Cause I think we we'd all pick the same team on this one. 
that Jacksonville Cincinnati game on Thursday night is going to be like horrible to watch. Like, yes, Cincinnati will win, and you got Burrow, and you got Chase, and you got that hookup and everything. Just, I, I don't look at the Bengals as a good team. And Jacksonville, who the fuck knows what Urban Meyer's doing down there? But a jersey shit ain't working through three games. That's going to be a pretty shitty game, too. I can smell the tarts. But anyway, this game. Fuck it. I'm picking the Giants. Go ahead, Eric. Uh, Hello? Way, way off, Mike. It's going to be the Saints. I mean, it's hard to say that a Jameis Winston-led team is this is going to beat this giant team. I can't believe that they're actually going to beat this giant team. Like, But they are. Because the Giants suck that badly, so you gotta. The Saints are gonna come marching in, and they're they're gonna run right over the Giants. Our Giants suck. It's terrible. It's a terrible state of affairs right now. I gotta be honest. This team could very well start zero and ten. Like after looking at their schedule coming up, like I don't know how many of these games are actually winnable games. Dave, what do you yeah. got? I no, I would agree with what Eric just said. I mean, their next eight, their next like seven or eight games are just a gauntlet of really talented teams that they probably will lose to. I mean, I, I when I look at the, <laughs> like when I look at their upcoming seven games, I think the only two games they have a chance in are against Dallas, just because it's a division game, and I think they play Carolina like later in the schedule, and that's and I think Carolina is going to level out a little bit. Well, I'll read their schedule right now. So week four, obviously they're playing the Saints. Week five, oh, they're the Saints. My bad. Really quick, it's the Saints' actual first home game of the year. I'm 100 taking the Saints. That the dome is always insane. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I I already wrote you down for the Saints. I kind of thought you already said that. So okay, cool. Yep. Week four, Saints. Week five, in Dallas against the Cowboys. Week six at home, taking on the Rams. Week seven at home, taking on the Panthers. <coughs> Week eight, on the road, going into Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. Week nine, at home, taking on the Raiders. Week 10, at in ten, Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. So that's week 10. And then week 11, you got the Eagles. And then the rest of their schedule, Dolphins, Chargers, Cowboys, Eagles, Bears, Washington. They should Maybe be able to hit like Bears. three wins. Three, th- three to five wins. Uh, that's Maybe the Bears and maybe Washington at home if they get lucky and they play well. That's a lot of big ifs. See, that, here's the thing. I look at games like the Dolphins and Chargers. Dolphins, God only knows what's going to happen with Tua, but if he's back and that team can start clicking a little bit, that's a loss. Chargers, in it's in Los Angeles. They should lose that game. Like, the Bears are just as bad as the Giants. Don't get me wrong. That game is in Chicago, though. Late in the year. Late in the year. I don't know if the Giants will be favored in a game the rest of the year. It's not looking good. Not looking good. All right, so that's the picks for this week. Can I make there, a request? yes, like, you can. Sure. I think that um, this might be a very entertaining Monday night football game between the Raiders and Chargers, and I was just wondering if you guys were interested in picking that game. Yeah, 
I'm yeah. in that game. I also think we should hit Mike's double flush too. I mean, Mike, you, you dropped a, a second turd on us before. I mean, but we're all going to pick who is not going to pick Cincinnati on that. Eric, you just busted my balls for picking the game that everybody picked the same on. Who is not going to pick Cincinnati in that game? There's a chance. I'm I'm taking Cincinnati. Helps. I'm on. Cincinnati. I don't think Jacksonville. I don't think Jacksonville is going to go over. Maybe this is a game they could steal on a Thursday night. Not if but, it was hey, in Jacksonville. Eric, you got the big lead, dude. You got the big lead. You want? Yeah, actually, game? Eric, you yeah, want to you push your money where your mouth is. Right you got a four-game lead. Yeah. Listen, you want me to do it? I'll do it. You want me to throw the goal down? I've mentioned it for a reason. What do you think? I mentioned it because I wanted to back down. Well, you didn't. You want to? You want to? I'll, I'll call it. I think this could be one of Jacksonville's very few wins. I think this is a game where maybe uh, Cincinnati comes back down to earth a little bit. Jacksonville does have a solid defense, and they're not going to go for this year. So I'm sorry. I, yeah, you want me to do it? I'll take Jacksonville. You guys can have Cincinnati. Just want to point right, out. There you go. I just want to point out, he didn't exactly sound all braggadocious about which way he was going until we called him out on it. So that's just fair. All right. What was the game we started this on? What? Spellrose, you said Vegas. Raiders and Chargers. Spellrose, why don't you start? Um, Give me my man, Justin Herbert, uh, coming off a nice win. Uh, I think that the team that comes down to earth this week is the Las Vegas Raiders. Too many tight games. Um, they could easily be one and two. So uh, give me the Chargers over the Raiders on Monday Night Football. All right, Dave, who you got? So I think the I think the Chargers are a very good team, and I think they're going to continue to get better. And I think they're a team that uh, Herbert is is definitely one of the. Uh, future quarterbacks in the league. Um, I think Oakland has a solid team and is going to be competitive in that division throughout the year. But with all that said, I, I'm, I'm taking the Chargers. With all that said, when are, what, what, what week are they playing Oakland again? Ah, uh, had to call you. With all that said, the Vegas Raiders, um, I think, will be losing to the Los Angeles Chargers. Semantics. Semantics. All right. Hey, Mr. Semantics. Eric, why don't you go ahead? You can just call them the Chargers and the Raiders, and you never have to worry about that problem. But either you know, way, I, I got to agree way, with you there. I got to be honest. Both teams have been looking okay. I think Justin Herbert is the quarterback of the future there in, in with the Chargers. I think they're going to have a bright future. But there's something going on with the Raiders right now. And there's something going on with Gruden. There's something clicking there right now that, that hasn't been clicking his first few years. And I'm riding the Chucky train. D- give me give me Gruden. Give me the, give me the Los Angeles Raiders. I guess that spider Y banana has been working this year so far. <laughs> oh, God. Right. So does anybody does anybody give the Patriots a chance this weekend? I know the Bucks secondary is a little beat up. They're even talking to Richard oh, Sherman. That's how beat I, give, up I give the Patriots zero chance because I'm telling you right now, Brady's going to go in and make, <laughs> make them his bitch. He's going to go in and say, hi, boys, remember me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's going to go, remember me? He's going to flaunt touchdowns up and down that field. Gronk. 
two touchdown over under. What do you got? Well, hang on, hang on. I didn't make my pick. Did I get cut off oh, or something? Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I mean, I was thinking about it. I kind of million. I kind of rambled for a little bit. Of, yeah, no, that's 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 fair. I I'm cool with it. That's that's good and everything. I kind of rambled a little bit, and then I heard you start talking about that, and I was just like, did I get cut off? Okay. Yeah, Chargers, home team. That's where I'm going to make that. But to go back to what you're saying, yeah, I don't think any one of us thinks that New England has a snowball chance in hell of winning this game. What's going to be interesting to me is to see the crowd reaction. Like, obviously, right off the bat, Brady's going to get a hero's welcome. It'll be interesting to see which way the crowd leans as the game continues and Brady throws four touchdowns against the Patriots. That'll be interesting to me. Oh, did I get cut off now? No, no, we heard it. All right, cool. You guys know I'm just waiting for it, so. I, I like how you go into pure panic mode, too, when you think it happens. Is that what you think is happening when I say that? Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. It's not. It's more. Yeah. All right. So, but, uh, so, we always, so we went what? Chargers, Chargers, Raiders. Yeah, Raiders. you're the only you're the only one who went Raiders. All right, and just so my own understanding, nobody out here is is crazy enough to take the Patriots, right? No, no way. Nope. All right, I didn't think so. Yeah, no, he's gonna he's gonna but he might he might like just you know make love to Giselle right on the fifty yard line. He might just literally. <laughs> Do whatever he wants on that football field on my, uh, you know, next weekend, and and they're going to be okay with it. <laughs> it's well said. What'd you say? Do you think they boo him on the way out and cheer him on the way, or boo him on the way into the stadium, cheer him on the way out, or do you think he gets cheers all around? He's going to get a big ovation when he walks back onto that field. I hope. I think boo. he's going to get it. I think he's going to get a mix. He's going to get like a pretty good ovation. But I think as the game goes on, he might hear some boos during the game. They're definitely going to boo their own team as they get their ass kicked. And then I think as he leaves, like he gives them a wave and they cheer him and he like, you know, rides off into the sunset. Well, I, I'm going to be honest. That's why I said right off the jump when we're talking about this, that'll be interesting to watch the crowd reaction on this. Cause I do think he'll get a good reaction to start off the game, but you know, as the game goes on, I'm going to be interested to see which way the crowd goes because he's going to put up four touchdowns. So, deja vu. Yeah. No, it, 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 they'll cheer for him beginning and end, but through, during the game, I, I think even most of the boos, though, like Eric said, it's, it's going to be more boo in their own defense. Or their offense. I'm not sure who brought it up over or under two touchdowns for Gronk. I'm taking the push on that. I think he gets two. Somebody wanted to put a hook on it. I'd go probably under two and a half, um, over one and a half. So, yeah, I'm taking the under of two. Uh, I, th- I think he gets one. But I think that's all he gets. I think their defense scores a touchdown. Yeah, that sounds about right. Wouldn't be surprised. Yep. All right. Anybody got anything else football wise to say? Um, college football. Anybody watching? Anybody catching anything? 
I work all day on Saturday. I did not get to watch anything. Uh, it's no excuse. I've told you they play Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They play college practically every night of the week. You can find a game on. They play at like midnight. They play at 3 a.m. They play all different hours. You don't even got to watch okay. them live. You can stream them. There's a million ways to watch them. So but what game? What games were you hold into a Saturday like afternoon? What games were you planning <laughs> on talking about, and what day did they happen? I'm just saying, college football in general, I know that, you know, Fife's got to be pretty pumped up about it as Penn State Club. And uh, Schmelrose, too. They're both big Penn State guys. So, I don't know if Schmelrose got anything to throw in Penn State-wise. But, I mean, Bam is rolling. I mean, they played a cupcake last week. Got number 12 Ole Miss this week. So number one versus number 12. Really big game. Um, yeah, and then they play A&M next week after that. So, I mean, Alabama plays two ranked teams in a row here coming up. So it'll be interesting to see if they can uh, can run a little mini gauntlet here. And, yeah, so I'll move it over to Schmelro, see if he's got anything thrown Penn State-wise. But other than that, I mean, just watch some college football, damn it. It's really not that hard. You like football anyway. Watch it. Yeah, yeah Schmelro. As far as Penn State goes, you know, I'm a little worried that the, the rating might be coming a little too soon. I think they may, you know, they play Nova, they beat Auburn. Okay, you know, um, Honestly, as a fan, I could say, you know, this is honest, and I think that they may be a little overrated right now at the four. I think they, there's still something to prove there. Um, I think Clifford, Sean Clifford, their quarterback, has given me a little bit. I, I was never really, I've never really been sold on Penn State quarterbacks. But this guy, as the season rolls on, he's making better decisions than he was at, uh, last year. So it's all really going to depend on his play. But one thing I will say about this team is, uh, the, the years prior Penn State teams that were good, they had their Saquon Barkley's, they had their KJ Hamler's mixed in, they had their Micah Parsons, and these guys pretty much led the team. Um, you know, you saw Micah Parsons everywhere on the field, Saquon obviously making plays, KJ Hamler, great receiver. Now, this team and in the years prior have gotten more and more to Micah Parsons type talent, more and more. Saquon Barkley, KJ Hamler type talent. Um, so it's just it's fun to watch the program grow um, finally into something that's going to be competitive with the big schools. I think I'm not sure yet that this is the year, but I know that their recruiting has has under James Franklin has been amazing, and uh, you're starting to see it pay off because you're seeing more and more of those game-changing players at every single position as opposed to, you know, three or four guys being good enough to pull a team to a two-loss record but not really get over the top and play for that national championship. So they're close, but they're going to have to be able to win the big games uh, in the Big Ten Conference in order to, you know, really solidify their place in that top four. But I'd love to see it. All right. Fair enough there. Listen, maybe I'll get into college football at some point there. I've just been pretty busy, so I haven't really had a chance. Dave, what do you got? Uh, yeah, no, you're, you're not the only one, Mike. So, And we're both cord cutters, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we got that. Yeah. All right. Does anybody have anything else they want to bring up? I will say from a Schmelrose standpoint, not this week, not next week, but Tuesday, October 12th, first puck drop of the NHL season. I will be ready if there's time. A little bit of a breakdown for you on the uh, local teams. 
what I think is going to happen. And in two weeks' time, I will have my preseason Stanley Cup winner ready to be picked. All right. All right. Well, we're gonna have, I'm going to have to try to make time for that next week then. So we'll two let weeks. you do that. Two, well, yeah, okay. All right, two weeks. Fair enough. I was thinking the week before, not knowing when the 12th was. So, okay. All right. Anybody got anything else? Because I got I got something I want to bring up that's not well actually no basketball. You guys been you guys have seen this whole Ben Simmons nonsense, right? No. Uh, I mean stop paying attention to it. Well, no, I, I wanted you guys' thoughts on the fact that now apparently he is refusing like the whole offseason, it was the Sixers were trying to trade him because of how bad he was in the postseason. The narrative was that they had given up on him. Now, apparently, he never wants to play for the 76ers ever again, and he's not reporting to training camp or anything. And he's had people reaching out to him, and he's basically told them, don't bother, I don't want to come. And I'm a little torn on how to feel about this because, all right, I get the idea you want a fresh start, you don't think you succeed in Philadelphia. The reason why you can't play there anymore is because you shit the bed, and you didn't want to shoot because you were shitting the bed so bad. So I'm just wondering if anybody has any thoughts on this one. That that good, huh? I mean, look, Mike, I get you bringing it up, but when it's all said and done, Philly holds all the cards. Yes. So he can not play and lose money, or he can play and hope they trade him. But Philly holds all the cards. And look, Ben, Sim- ben Simmons doesn't work in Philly because his strength in his game is down low, and that's where Joel M- o- Embiid rocks. So – he needs to be on a team filled with shooters and guys that can stretch out the court so that he can operate around the paint, and that, that's where he's going to have the most success. Eric? I got to be honest, I care less about the Ben Simmons situation. Now he's, he's, he should get traded. He should got traded before. This is an ugly situation all around. 76ers got to find a way out from under it. But if I'm a lot of teams out there, I'm not offering a lot for him now because he's pretty much forcing his way out. So, mm. I don't know. Yeah, that's all that needs to be said. That's fair. All right. So, I want to bring up one thing television-wise, and then we can get out of here for tonight. Documentaries. I saw a couple documentaries this week. They have that series on Netflix called Untold which is about various stories in the world of sports. I saw the, the, the one about uh, uh, Malice at the Palace from 2004. Have you guys gotten to see this one? Hello? Did I cut out again? No, I haven't seen it. Okay. Dave, did you get to see it? The, like, several-part episode? Uh, no, no, no. It's, a, it's like... In, it, it, well, it's a several-part miniseries, but the, the, the uh, Malice in the Palace is one episode. It's like an hour, hour and a half. Oh, no. I watched the actual Malice at the Palace uh, thing they had on Netflix. That's like eight episodes long. Or no, oh, I have maybe I, maybe I did watch what you're talking about. I don't know. I did watch it. I watched some about Malice in the Palace on Netflix. They, they have interviews with Ron Artest and Steven Jackson and Jermaine O'Neal, and yeah. I think Jim Gray is in it. Yeah. And they actually showed the raw surveillance footage from the arena that night. Yeah. What'd you think? Uh, I mean, all in all, I thought it was pretty good. I was, uh, 
it just takes you back on how fucking crazy that night was. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. That, that was nuts. I feel bad for Jermaine O'Neal in the whole thing because all of them admitted that, you know, they, they, they took the punishment that they had. Jermaine O'Neal was trying to help his teammates out. Motion's got the best of them. And if you think about it, his career was never the same again. And he was probably the biggest star out of all those guys. And he never hit that level ever again after that. Yeah, I, I mean, his career definitely was never the same after that. I mean, really, our test was really the only one that ever had anything good for him happen after that in the NBA. Hmm. Well, remember, and they said this in the documentary, Steven Jackson got to be on a championship uh, Spurs team towards the end of his career. And Jermaine O'Neal is the only one who didn't get a ring. Right. Yeah, I, dude, I watched that thing like a month and a half ago. So, oh, well, I... I haven't been paying attention to Netflix lately. So like one day I just decided, eh, I want to see some stuff on Netflix. I saw that and uh, the Biggie documentary, Notorious B.I.G. I got a story to tell. I love yeah, that. I, I still haven't watched that. It's on my list. Fantastic. Fantastic. Eric, you got anything you want to throw in? TV wise, not really. Mass Singer's back. That's about all I'll give you guys. Um, Dwight Howard unmasked last week. I'm not spoiler alert. So I'm not um, watching that show. It's fun. But anyway, you should. It's fun. It's just a fun show. I don't want to sit there and watch a biggie documentary. I watched him die once. I don't need to see it again. I lived it. I'm good. You I'm good. You you watched good. him. I want to see some people. Sing. You were you. No, you just, yeah, I I get the point you're making. I I, I, had, I had to say I, something I, I, because you said enough. that. Yeah, I've seen all I need to see. I don't need to see no more. I'm good. So that being said, I haven't seen anybody dress up in a stupid costume and sing yet. So I want to see what new costumes they got and uh, I want to have some fun. So if you guys want to watch something non-sports related, non-heavy, non-news, no drama, no bullshit, no political not. Uh, it's just good, lighthearted fun. Tune into the mess thing. See, the cool thing about the Biggie documentary is a lot of it was his early days and the upbringing and stuff like that to see how he came. So I liked that story. I just want to point that out. So, But, yeah, I'm not watching Max Mass Singer. Dave, what do you say? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> All right. Yep. Stepped on my headphones. Hang on a sec. Can't hear anybody. You guys, you guys vamp for a second, please. I got to get my headphones. Um, so Eric, are you going to stay sweaty? Yeah, I'm you sorry, know, guys. Friend, you know, my friend, you, uh, hope you're going to stay sweaty too. Five and Schmelrose over there hanging out. I'm not sure which one we got on the line right now, but I'll well, I, un well, unfortunately, I guess they started fighting with each other because the line disconnected. I guess they had to go. Mm -hmm. It's believable. Uh, yep. Yep. Fife is trying to lock Schmel Rose yeah, back in the closet. Always, they're always appreciated. Always yep. welcome. Love Absolutely. Mon, as always. Love mm. talking with you guys as always. So, I mean, Yankees, yep. monster game tonight. I don't want to talk too much baseball because I don't want to drink anything. I don't want to, like, I'm not getting superstitious or anything either because it's a good series. They swept the Sox. They got to do something here against Toronto because they're right behind them. That's all the baseball I really need to talk for now. 
Um, so let's go Yankees. Let's go. Let's go Alabama. Let's go. I can't even say Giants. They suck so bad. So uh, Alabama and the Yankees. They're, they're the two I'm holding on to right now. Let's go. Well, we'll just see what happens on that one. Yeah, no need to talk about the Mets. I just, I just, I told you I was going to be disappointed if they finished under 500. And now I'm disappointed. So there you go. Let's do some final thoughts here. Dave Hastings. As always, it's a pleasure and uh, open to uh, talk about another Cowboys victory with you next week. Big game against Carolina. a good time of year for you, though, Dave, because the NBA season's starting up. We know that's your, that's your jam. And, uh, you, you know, you do enjoy some hockey, too. So I know with those seasons starting up very soon, there's going to be a whole lot more to talk about as well. So I know you're uh, equally as excited as I am that it's a, a good time of year for sports again. We, we are coming to the best time of the year in sports. Basketball, hockey kicking off, football in full swing, baseball playoffs. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're approaching the, the, the best time of the year when it comes down to, uh, to the sports. I, I'm going to be in mourning for the month of October. I'll wear all black. Anyway, day, uh, Eric, well, Eric Tress. You still got the Cowboys to cheer for? I don't want to hear your nonsense. Well, you're going to hear the nonsense because you're on the show, so you have to hear the nonsense. But there won't be as much of it. I'll keep it to myself. Say your last thoughts, Eric. Stay sweaty, guys. There you go. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to us on all our various podcasting outlets, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Anchor, Bullhorn. Do thank Eric Pfeiffer and Larry Schmelrose both for being on the show. Like uh, like, uh, David Eric said, always good to have them both on. And I am Mike Agli-Loro. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We will see you all next week.